You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Greg Hectus. I'm back. Kyle Pendigraff. Oh, it's a rough weekend. It's only Thursday. And Tony Groves. Good evening, gentlemen. Well, we got a great show in store for you as we catch up with pro driver Vicente Salas and talk all things NIS as we prepare to finish off the long eNASCAR season. Tons of hardware, software, and we will see if Tony can still take the fantasy championship. And remember, you can follow along with us on your PC or mobile device in real time as you listen to the show and see for yourself all of the great topics and products we will discuss by visiting iRacersLounge.com and selecting show notes. Hope to see you there. Topics today, Greg, we got merch. I think this only uh, classifies Sorry, I don't think this classifies for David in our trap, maybe maybe Adam sometimes, but a new uh, merchandise here site uh, popping up it says T-shirt top split. I like it, top split. I mean, I make top split once in a while, so I guess I could wear this shirt, right? I mean, it's, pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty basic one, right? It's a red box with white lettering on it that says top split on it. It's uh, pretty cool. They have some other ones there if you go to the website. Now, this is... I mentioned this briefly last week, but whenever you watch a YouTube video on the iRacing YouTube channel, you'll be presented an option to buy one of these shirts below the video. And that's where this link came from. So I clicked it and uh, they have another one, a classic t-shirt that says uh, iRacing every day, kind of in cursive. And then it's got the big iRacing logo across the back. Yeah, it that Chris says, yeah, every day is race day, kind of on the uh, the top top left corner, like chest area. Oh yeah, I see it. Yeah. Now that guess- ladder, that ladder one is, I think, kind of steals the show a little bit. I like that graphic the best. Do you, Tony, do you think that that sweater with like the eye racing thing on the back or something like? I kind of actually you're right. The sweater looks really nice with the back and front there. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It, almost like the you know the the licensing system maybe there's some like road stuff in there that i don't understand but um yeah it's, you know it's got like the nice like kind of like faded uh wash to it so it it uh it just presents itself nice well it's it's rookie uh d c a or b a and pro i thought pro was black so license colors, you're saying? I, I think in this case, because the content is black, I think it's doing it that way because they write the, don't they write it the, the black strip with white lettering? Yeah. You know what? I think it was just the shades of the colors that kind of threw me off. 
And maybe that's just the color settings I have in my on my computer. I like this other shirt. It says, keep calm and take it easy into turn one. And then take it easy is really in big letters across the chest. And then it says iRacing uh, in the back of your uh, back. It's pretty cool. Huh. I'm out of options. All I got is four. I got four options. That's it. I don't see that one. Oh, well, I also see uh, Barney the Flagman, Classic T. Now, there's two links. Make sure you look at both links. <laughs> yeah. Go up and click where it says apparel. That'll get you a whole lot more than what I was looking at. Yeah, so the Barney one's pretty cool. It's literally got a picture of Barney waving the green flag uh, real big and bold across the top, or across the front. I kind of like the the just the plain blue sweater with the iRacing logo. It's a nice hoodie. You know, the T-shirt's $21. The hoodie's 37 I guess, I mean, that's not so bad for a branded tee. Now, I like the one that they, they call it iRacing Tagged, and it's really got the iRacing logo, but it's kind of off-center a little bit, and it kind of looks like, you know, a washed-out look kind of thing. Spray paint, like tagging a building. Right, exactly. Is, are these uh, iRacing socks, do they make you any faster? Do they make you brake better? Is there, is there any, uh, any idea about that? 16 bucks for the socks. It's a pretty expensive pair of socks. <laughs> of course, there's an iPhone case with that little uh, progression ladder on it. And a face mask, iRacing face mask. Boy, if you had to wear one every day, this would be kind of cool. And then when you click on the face mask, you can get different colors. They show it in red. And it's got like a white iRacing logo on the on the cor side corner of it. But they also have it in gray and blue. The blue one's pretty sharp and kind of a, gr a gray-black. Okay, get your merch. Kyle Pendigraft, let's talk iRacing at the Coliseum. Um, iRacing uh, presents the Clash at the LA Coliseum sneak peek video. Uh, I hadn't had a chance to actually watch this. I'm going to go ahead and assume that they... Uh, they I put out a little teaser for what's to come at the beginning of the season next year for the clash. This is NASCAR uh, putting this out, actually, um, not just iRacing, but, but NASCAR trying to show our, the fans a sneak peek of what the racing may look like. And they got 15, 20 cars out there going around. Uh, and uh, obviously the next gen. I like the presentation of it because of the way that they made it sound like the the old you know like it's in the coliseum like it's it was it was a well done video like they normally do and they know how to they know how to seem to capture what the event's going to be about it gave me the impression of a movie preview you know it's a 30 second commercial of a movie coming out you know it at the beginning it's got you know intro with graphics on the screen at the end they got a nice little outro um the nascar clash at the coliseum you know who I think, like, the person that, he's obviously not around anymore. I can't think of, or I'm, I'm trying to think of his name. He was an announcer. Is it Goldburn? What was the what was the one NAS, or announcer that was in the middle of the 90s? Um, we got Squire. Um, but he had one of those voices that, that would be great for the Coliseum's call. It's not Ken Squire. I think he was with Ken Squire. You got the, uh, the British F1 driver guy. No, commentator. I think it's later than that. David Hobbs. Yeah, it's David Hobbs. I think it was later than that. I can't think of his name now. 
Oh, someone in the chat already helped me. Eli Gold. Eli Gold. Oh, from TNN. I remember that. Once again, chat saves us. Yeah, he would be a perfect over uh, over voice over this race. Now I noticed the in infield is blank, guys. There's no pits. So how is pits going to work? Uh, are they going to have pit stops in this uh, exhibition race? What do you or you think they're just going to uh, avoid that? Probably. Sorry, guys. They're probably going to do it like they did those tr those standalone truck races that they were doing no pit stops. They were that were in the race. They have a, a break and you come down and it look because it looked like the pit road is right on the inside of that line so it's they're on the outside of the wall so that's you know if a car crashed it would crash into a car that was on pit road you can see it in the video you mean it's just to the inside of the racetrack yeah so that white line that goes around the whole track it's oh, on I see the inside it. of it yeah there's cars parked there right yeah, so that's where they'll be servicing the cars, probably in intermission. I don't know. Have they released a format for this? Or is it the same as it always has been with the Clash? I don't think they have, and I think they're going to have to rewrite the rules because of this, the way this track is, you know. It's not a traditional pit stop. Like you said, I don't know if you can have timed regular pit stops or do you do it like the old trucks do. Or And then in iRacing, I mean, where are we going to have pits? You know, are we going to... Is that where our pit box is going to be right there, like right off the groove? <laughs> I'm guessing whatever race they make this race or whatever you can do, it's not going to be long enough where you need it. How will uh, iRacing present this race to us as drivers when that time comes? Is it a one-off event? Is it baked into the NIS and becomes the first event of the NIS season? What do you guys think? They just, I think what it's going to be part of, won't it be part of the A series probably just to start the season? That'll be the week before. Two, is it a week or two weeks? It's two weeks before. I would hope it doesn't affect NIS and they just add it to, like you said, A open, A fixed. In the iRacing atmosphere, um, this would be, should be like a week 13. Because it just seems like it would be week 13 shenanigans. Yeah, that's a good point there, Tony. Actually, the only other thing I can think of, Mike, is could it be a special event on the special event calendar type thing? Well, that's what I mean, a one-off kind of thing, maybe on the special events calendar that's not part of NIS. But to Tony's point, I mean, coming off of Martinsville, oh, my God, you know, what a shit show that was. and. And imagine what this is going to be. It's going to be like twice as bad. But who knows? You know, if they get those, if they get that car dialed in as to, you know, like what Dale Jr. was saying, how the car moves, you know, like with him talking about his time at Bowman Gray is very similar to this track here. So he says, you know, it, it turns really, really well. So, I mean, um, don't get me wrong. It's still going to be a complete shit show. But if you can break it off and, you know, like maybe just relegate it to a license or something like that, you might get a little better of a race or, uh, you know, guys in leagues could probably put on something a little half decent. When a car turns well at a short track, it makes me think stagger, you know, um, wedge and these different tools that they make the car turn naturally. Now these cars are, designed to be you know symmetrical left to right and uh, and purposely not have those things and so 
I don't know. You think? Do you think Dale Jr. is sincere? I guess that's my question. Well, he yep. explained it on the download this. Lost you, Greg. Greg. Oh, he got me now? Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, Junior was explaining it this week because he wanted to get more in-depth on his podcast about it, but he had said that the back, the rear end of the car, because it's an independent rear suspension now and a wider tire, the car plants itself and goes. He said if they were trying this with this gen's car on this track, it would not work. The reason it's working is because this car is totally... This car is going to be more of a better, it'll be a better short track and road course car. We don't know what it's going to do on the, the bigger tracks because we don't, and obviously we don't have a lot of short tracks, but I just think this car is more, is built for the lower speed takeoffs and was a, is able to put grip or speed down or traction down better. Well, you know, when I race this car at a short track on iRacing, I'm not saying the same things that Dale Jr. is saying. I wonder why. Because that car that we have right now is not a finished product. It can't be. There's no way the car sucks. But, yeah, I'd say, like, you know, give it, like, a month before Daytona, right? So, like, you know, maybe early part of February, late January, and, and you'll likely see a much better representation of what they put out on the track. And then, you know, as they go throughout the year and they – just, you know, figure out how to make the car better in real life. I'm sure we're going to get the updates on iRacing. At least I would hope so. I, I hope, um, you know, Dale Jr. is the employee now at iRacing, so to speak. Let, you take advantage of that opportunity where he's driven this car, put him in the next gen in iRacing, and let him tell the engineers what to do to adjust and make some adjustments. I mean, we're, we're anxiously awaiting these adjustments. Well, let's face it. The way the car is now, it sucks. I mean, there's no other which way to put it, right? But it can't suck come the <laughs> unless the real car sucks. I mean, been racing a shitty car for the whole last year or two, so who knows? But it can't be. It can't be the future. I refuse to believe that this piece of crap that they deliver us is the final, the final thing. But I also have confidence in iRacing to deliver a a uh, product that is the same as the uh, real track product. And I just think they just need to dial that in. Well, I like what uh, Junior was saying this week about the tires and, um, you know, changing from like, you know, to the low pro tires. He is anticipating it's going to be very similar to when they moved from the uh, bias ply tire. Yeah, it was a learning curve, right? They had to learn what it could do and where its limits were. And I guess things that it, it's funny though. Do we hear any reports that Stewart crashed the or spun the car out a couple times anywhere else, but besides what Dale said it on uh, his podcast? Um, and I guess they were finding the Stewart just didn't know when it was going to spin, and it just all of a sudden snapped on him. So it's just there's going to be a learning curve, and I think. I don't, you know, I think the racing is going to be surprisingly good at the beginning, but it also is going to be surprisingly difficult on them because of the, I think the biggest problem they're talking about is the steering racks too, right? It's a different type of system and it's just not working the same. It'll be interesting to see what shakes out here over the off season. So uh, looking forward to it. Tony, what else might be coming soon? Well, Maybe some uh, new trucks. Uh, Team Chevy tweeted out 
the introduction of the 2022 Chevy Camping World Truck Silverado. And it looks uh, looks pretty badass, I got to say. Yeah. That's the uh, final of the three that has finally made their, just showed their design because the other two have already got theirs out. Well, got that Knight Rider look at the front of it with the slant, the little eyes, uh, slanted eye kind of thing across the front where it's got the little thin slots for the headlights. Uh, I like that look. It's a very modern look. Uh, if I actually liked racing the trucks, I'd be tempted to buy all three because I gotta say like they all look really really good and i'm not um i i don't i'm not biased towards any any uh manufacturer i don't care i just look i just like how, whichever one looks the coolest or looks the meanest or you know whatever catches my eye but i've noticed all three of these trucks the manufacturers really you know stepped up their game to make it like look good racy racy well, and independent like they all look different yeah, like we've gone from what the early early twenty I think it was our twenty ten around was one when they did the car tomorrow and the way that that thing was so generic looking to they're finally getting back to you know I find that the trucks these tr- three trucks that they've unveiled they actually look very close to what you buy I mean obviously a, tr- a race truck looks different than a pickup truck that you buy but these trucks look a lot closer to what you can get off you know get on the part on the lot and then the cup cars have gone that way too which is it, it it makes you feel more to a brand right like like tony said he doesn't have a loyalty any brand but when they look cool you want to drive them right so the norm lately has been for i racing to release the car when it's announced when the manufacturer announces it lots of times with a lot of these new cars didn't that wasn't the case this time so I mean, Team Chevy is obviously a partner, and how how soon do you expect we're going to see these new trucks in our service? Well, they're 2022s. Do they have any? They probably don't have any fully built yet. It would have to have ones built for next year. Well, they'd probably be closer to building having having a full one built. So they just got to get them scanned, right? Because they're going to be, I don't know. Um, it's not like they were in development with the uh, they probably didn't work with iris and this sketch here is just a sketch it's not the actual truck right right yeah i guess another question you almost have to ask every time now is the original or the truck we have now going to become legacy or retired so they might as well just retire it it's not like it's a different driving package it's a different looking vehicle right like where the reason they didn't retire the cup cars is because they're going to have diff- they have a different aerodynamics and driving style kind of like yeah that makes sense Greg uh, does iRacing make your reaction time younger yeah so uh, links not coming up for me right now because I don't have the thing set but um, there was a post by John Murphy on the on the forums and um, you know we've had I think we've talked about this a couple times with we're talking about crash avoidance and things like that in your real life or just driving and noticing things more but kind of put up this uh, link here where you can actually determine your uh, reaction time and your in correspondent to your age right my first try I'm a I have the reaction time of a 59 year old is that close 
I'm 51 almost. <laughs> so you're either you're worse or you're just we're, well. It's my first try. I bet I can do better the next time. It's easier on the phone, Mike. I, I found when you could you're just doing it on your phone. You can tap it real. The mouse is harder. Right. I was using the mouse, so that's my excuse. But yeah, it's a little website where you can go to, and you are driving, and then all of a sudden there's a stop sign, and you have to click it as fast as you can. But it's a good point. I mean, does it help you? Uh, we've we've had stories on the sh in the past years uh, on the show where people have said they've avoided wrecks and said I've avoided that wreck because of my skill I've learned in iRacing. So I think there's something to it. Um, it might not be much, you know, but I, I, it can't hurt, you know. Well, I've tried this thing three times. My my first time was like you know, a 44 year old and I wasn't really sure what to expect. And then I tried it two more times and I leveled off at 33 year old. So I'm going to go with 33. That's a pretty sweet number. Yeah. I just did it first. I got a, like a 54 year old then a 23. And now I've got, you're not, uh, we're not even sure if you're an actual human being with the reaction time of 138 milliseconds, which is, it's too quick. Yeah. Okay. So I tried it again. And I got a 25 year old. I think it's a it's a nice little thing to you know fool around with, but you know, I just find in general, uh, you know, using the sim it makes you more of an alert person in general for things in your life. It's just your your reflexes are a bit better. So, um, anyone that does participate in the sim and 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 hones in their craft, I'm pretty sure they're probably better drivers because of it. Or situational awareness. You're on a six lane highway. You know, there are five cars wide. Take might be a little more aware <laughs> than, than, you know, you, you're not oblivious like the, the guy next to you who's just looking at his Facebook, you know. Um, you might be looking around and scanning the mirrors. I was driving, okay, this is going to be a little bit off topic, but driving on the highway the other day, and I was watching somebody reading a book beside me in the car as they were driving. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it, but anyways, yeah, you're right, Mike. Like, it's, you know. This can only be a, a good thing for yourself. It just makes you better. Now, I had the complete opposite uh, experience than what most people talk about. I'm better in the sim situational, situational awareness, like uh, wreck avoidance, most um, because of my real life driving, not the other way around. And that's, yeah, because we, you know, me and yourself ways. do it for a living, right, Tony? You're talking just because you do it so often. You're on the road so long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, we're, you know, ripping through Toronto, which is one of the dumbest cities in North America. Um, don't worry. New York and Los Angeles is definitely worse. It's all good. But Toronto sucks just as bad. So you really got to be on your toes. And when I first started driving, it was motorcycles. So there again, um, you really need to know what the hell's going on. And, you know, you're always playing those guessing games. So I find that I do the exact same thing in the sim and it has, uh, you know, saved me quite often just by playing those guessing games. Those, uh, oh, there he is. What's he going to do? Where, where can I go? Um, that kind of deal. But yeah, just different experience. Having that escape route, like at Kansas, when we're all against the wall and the guy ahead of you or three ahead of you is about to hit it, you know to go down just a little bit so you can get away. Yeah, you see that guy, you know, 
uh, behind you, and he's, you know, he's kind of moving all over the place. He's not holding a very straight line, but you know, he's he's got some newer tires than you, and he's he's coming. So, um, you know, just be prepared that he, you know, he's probably going to get close to you or do something dumb when he gets around you or gets underneath you. Um, yeah, it helps. It helps. Well, and that's like even when they're, you know, when they're in, you know, they got a spotter or something in, in NASCAR or even just when drivers at like Talladega or Daytona, you can hear them come on the radio and go, I got to get out of here because there's something, you know, something's about to happen, right? They can, you know, you can just sense some of the, the language of the cars um, that, you know, things starting to pick up or things are going to, something could happen. Well, Ricky Stenhouse is right there. Watch out. <laughs> okay, Kyle, uh, next up we got the spec mapping pre-visualization tool. Uh, Gabriel Motors uh, created a tool where you can see metallic and roughness changes instantly in any color on a selected group of colors. Uh, so it looks like he's got a picture here of the street stock here. And I'm not quite understanding what this is. I'm guessing if, is it for like if you're trying to do a metallic color into your paint? No, it's like when you're doing your paints and you're trying to do, you know, the metallic uh, versus roughness and figure out, you know, what it looks like. Oh, uh, okay. You can use this tool and just figure out what numbers to use. Yeah, it's a faster way of coming up with the code to create the metallicness. Cause so you go to that website. So you don't have to preview it every time. Right. You pick the car. So you pick like an indie car. Then you choose your color. And so on. Uh, you pick uh, what percentage metallic, what percentage roughness, and then it gives you uh, the numbers you need. Hmm. All right. And it shows you below a, a picture of what it would look like if you had picked that percentage. And so the idea is you just drag the, the numbers until you see below what you want it to look like, you know, so that you don't have to guess. Also have presets where you can pick chrome, metallic, candy, pearl. You know, if you pick the pearl, you know it'll pre-populate in the right percentages and and color numbers. So it's a, it's really a tool for the painter. I'm not a painter, but uh, if I was, you know, you might want to check this out. The website is gabirmotors.com/specmap. Yeah, I'm definitely going to use this because I've been trying to toy around with uh, Photoshop here lately. So, what I can do? It, it's pretty neat how you can just pick the car you want and then slide the sliders, and it will give you a vi that visual representation of what you're looking at. You know, they probably need to bake this right into the iRacing Paint Shop. You know. <clears throat> okay, Tony, I, I'll take this one. Uh, Road to Po, Road to Pro. Contender opener. Now, I guess I shouldn't call it Road to Pro. I think it's eNASCAR Contender Series, I believe. But uh, the winner is none other than Parker Retzlaff. He takes the opener uh, after Nick Shelton and Caden Honeycutt make contact on the final laps. And what a heartbreak for Nick Shelton. He led almost every lap. Uh, he got the lead early, and he kept it. And... Uh, you know, a tough break for him. But it was uh, interesting. When they got to the end, there were a lot of cautions. There were some questionable racing. Uh, one guy just ran totally over another guy. Like, it looked very intentional. And not sure what to, what's going to come of that or who that was. But I watched this on my phone. 
uh, it was entertaining. I had a good time with it. Um, Podium had a great broadcast uh, with uh, James Pike leading the way. This is going to be an entertaining series to watch, too. Now, some of the people that didn't do well, um, you know, that's a tough start for them. But, I mean, people down in the running order here are dead last Blade Wit and uh, some other notable names down there. Ashton Crowder, Seth DeMerchant. Alan Bose, he's like 36. Yeah. Some people had some really rough races there. How many races are there? Is it six or eight? Six or seven, I think it is, yeah. And maybe one draw. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, entertaining. I definitely suggest watching this series. Um, th- this is going to be who's going into Coke series, the top 20. Now, one guy couldn't even get started, and that was none other than Brad Davies, uh, who was in the Coke series this last season, or for many seasons, actually. He's the guy who works at uh, Junior Motors- Motorsports, and uh, apparently he had a some kind of problem where, you know, he wasn't allowed on the server. Like it might've been a licensing problem. It almost sounded like, but it wasn't clear, but he was not able to get on the server in time for the grid. Only 39 cars started. So I presume that just puts him in a hole and he's just going to have to dig out of. Okay. And then Tony Groves, you got this one, not their problem, not their concern. Yeah. I'm glad you gave this one to me because well, you guys were, uh, I've, you know, finishing up one of the other topics, I kind of scrolled down and uh, started watching this video and I was chuckling. This is pretty good. So, uh, it's some street course, uh, Bell Isle, Chicago. Chicago. Okay. So, you know, it's these guys barreling into one of the corners at Chicago and you got the iRacing officials. Um, this one dude, man, he's gutsy. He's just, you know, he's got his back turned watching the crowd, you know, trying to keep the crowd away from the concrete barriers for their safety, I'm sure. And you got the whole field just come barreling down this straight uh, into this corner and they just murder the the cement blocking right behind this guy. And to his professionalism, he does not even like flinch or blink or anything. He is just dead fast right there while these guys are just going to town on each other right behind them. It's amazing. What a great video. Now we're not going to talk about the photographer who didn't get actually any pictures of the wreck who just stood there doing nothing. Actually there was two photographers. I didn't get a single picture. Well, they were checking their shots. It looked like looking down at their camera screen, but yeah, they didn't flinch either as uh, you know, 20 car pileup happens, you know, 10 feet in front of them. Nor did they take a picture. (laughs) Go ahead. I was going to say this, this is a road course. So they're going to come around and and then go by. And then they got a couple minutes. He could check his kit. Why would you check your, your uh, pictures now when the cars are coming at you? All I got to say that there was given at all during that. (laughs) Well played. Is that that a title idea? (laughs) Maybe. Now, is it, could be could that other person that's looking into the crowd are they just making sure everyone's wearing their mask and social distancing right now is that what he's in charge of maybe oh yeah when you go to the race at phoenix you got the 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 mesa county sheriff's office down below and all they do is stare up into the crowd and they're like forbidden to look at the track or the cars they can't take their eyes off anybody and it's kind of fascinating to watch those security guys you know getting it all getting it done Speaking of Phoenix, yeah, I have to work. I'm not going to go, even though they're coming to town. 
That's fine. We'll go next year when we all come down, right? Stay at your place for a couple days, enjoy the weekend, go to Phoenix. They got camping out there. <laughs> you keep trying to sell us on the camping. It's not going to work. Got to save money somehow. That's how you save money is by camping. Yeah, at Mike's house. So you can turn, we don't have to worry about anything, man. Uh, the, the way these houses are, they'll tell you. Okay, Greg, you got another one, a fun hosted racing concept. I actually think this is a very – this is – possibly a, a good idea even iRacing should you know implement this maybe as a series but so they're talking uh it's obviously on there they've posted it on the iRacing Twitter account but it's rally cars on road courses but the object, objective of the lap around the uh, ob- objects <laughs> objective sorry is to lap around the fast as fast as possible and you make your own turns so whatever line you find on the track uh, that goes fastest for you, you can use it no matter what. So obviously either this is an infinite amount of incidents type of thing they would have to do or no incidents are possible at all. Right. You cut the chicanes, you you go wall, you know, from wall to wall, you cut through the grass, you don't have to say on course whatever's fastest. Now we've kind of done this with the radicals at Darlington or something like that. Like you can take that radical and you run around on the apron basically and you're not even on the track. And so this is kind of the same idea, but it's rally cross at road. And it sounds like fun. Uh, you know, uh, one of the replies that said it's, this is called Simcana. I guess, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but um, I yeah, recall that we've said, we've had a week 13 called that before. I think it's a pretty, that'd be a really fun series to try uh, just to, you know, go around and see what you can do uh, time-wise, right? Or the pro trucks, the dirt trucks. Yeah, something like this could get me into road racing for sure. <laughs> no, no limits is the best thing for your road racing. Yeah, yeah. I meant to go off. Yeah, wink, wink, wink. <laughs> just practicing, just practicing. Just getting a feel for it. it. It sounds like something for Tyler Williamson. He'd be really good at. Okay, Kyle, PayPal me, please. Uh, take this one because I've got nothing on screen here. Oh. Okay, so what this is, I need to probably re uh, put up the picture, but it's a picture of a Facebook group I follow, Sim Racing Builds, and it's a private group. That's why we don't have a link. But anyway, um, Daniel Charlton, one of the members of the Facebook group, uh, posted, hey, please PayPal me any amount, please. I need my simulation, but I don't have any money, so please. And he put up his link to his PayPal address. So what do you guys think? Is this kosher nowadays? Desperate times call for desperate measures. I need my sim lab rig. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's better than starting up a GoFundMe for this. Is this like me? Am I, should I take my link down at the end to help me pay for my graphics card? Yeah, you know, in the final thoughts, Greg, why don't you put up a plug and we'll help you uh, pay for that graphics card. I don't know. I, I, you know, I looked at the comments immediately on this post and I saw it and, you know, he had 24 comments at that time and all of them were like, uh, no, <laughs> what are you doing? Asking for money, you know, kind of thing. Or get a job was another common comment. But yes, I mean, you have to have your own money to, you know, to buy your simulator equipment. 
And I, I don't know if begging in the Facebook groups is a good idea. I'm going to try and just see if it works. I mean, if he even gets one donation, it's worth it, right? It's right. And, and they'll be so smart ass who gives him money, probably. If, if anything, figure out a, a plan to sell yourself to, like, uh, a company that, you know, promise them you'll do something to try and advertise or something. It's probably just as effective as trying to post this to get something from them. I mean, a fans only would even work. There's such an opportunity to make some money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we can even go. No, that's it. That's it for that topic. That killed that one. <laughs> okay, Kyle, Arizona, we have arrived. <laughs> all right, uh, Simp Seats, and actually, some of y'all may have seen their sponsor at the Martinsville race. Uh, post on Twitter says, "Arizona, we have arrived today. We're at ASU with the E NASCAR Tour and Keegan Leahy, the 2021 E NASCAR Coca Cola Champion." Uh, came by the school today for these kids, and it looks like they've set up a nice little outdoor event. With, of course, they got some looks like rigs and whatnot out there uh, for them to, I guess, kind of enjoy and have fun. Got a show Pretty car, neat. yeah, and a show car. Pretty neat little little gig they got there for that. Yeah, the the trailer that um, I see four different simulators um, lined up there, and then there's a huge video screen up above for replay and stuff. Uh, very cool. And Keegan Leahy is there. So he's in Phoenix. And I mean, how awesome is it that he gets to celebrate at championship week at Phoenix with NASCAR that they, you know, bring him out. He's probably a guest of honor, you know, and uh, that's awesome. Probably get a big check and, you know, that kind of thing. It's cool that Keegan uh, gets to do that. Funny thing is that you know he's going all the way from the far east coast of Canada to go over Arizona. Yeah, what a trip! They're gonna smuggle him across the border. Well, I hope he's he probably has to be vaccinated to travel. Who knows these days? But he's there. Um, if I was out there, I'd go by and see him. All right, I got this next one. David Hall catches up with pro driver Vicente Salas. Let's uh, hear what they have to say. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm getting a chance to sit down again with returning guest Vicente Solis, a coat driver and now late model driver. How you doing, Vicente? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. How are you, David? Uh, pretty good. I'm trying to wrap up uh, the busiest part of my year, you know, which is, you know, marching season. And I'm sure you are enjoying a little bit of the break from testing from the Coke series. Yes, it's honestly been nice. I think we've still kept up a little bit on the testing though with the uh rally cross world championships but overall i think it's been a nice kind of slow down and relax type of deal yeah we were we actually just talked about the show uh our last show about some of the drivers kind of retiring just because of the grind and the amount of time that it takes to test for the race yes i think nathan was the main one i think somebody wrote an article on it but um i would totally have to agree with them i think the amount of just sheer testing is yeah, astronomical. You know, whenever I'm gone for a weekend at a race or, you know, I got stuff to do the moment I get back, I have to hop on and put in a few hours just to catch up. Because I think if you don't put in the time, probably won't run as well as, you know, you could because all those other guys out in that race have put in the time. Yeah. And it's kind of just what you have to do. We, we talked about how the real drivers don't have to test anymore. Um, and now, um, the, the online drivers do 
and we were, I was wondering if there would be actually any way that you could curb the amount of time that a driver spent testing. Um, you know, I, I've always thought about that. I've thought about, you know, ways iRacing could maybe limit it to make it a little bit more casual in that sense. But I think it'd be very hard to to monitor that. And I honestly think that's just the nature of the beast with this series, you know. You get in through Road to Pro and Pro, you're kind of having to put in amounts close to uh, the ones you do in Coke to be competitive. But I think, honestly, that's just how esports is. You know, you look at all the other Fortnite, Call of Duty, I think League of Legends is another big one. Um, all those guys that are successful in those fields, uh, they all put in a bunch of time. So I think with esports, you know, with with it being accessible to practice virtually whenever you want to, that's just how it's going to be. Yeah, and even even in real life, the pros didn't get there without putting in an insane amount of grind time, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. You know, you look at a lot of successful drivers in NASCAR today, and they were always racing and testing and practicing, exercising, doing whatever they could to uh, better their craft. Well, we uh, just before you when you came on before we started the live recording, we talked a little bit about your Coke season. Uh, you finished tenth this year. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I think our win at Richmond was definitely a a good one, and it set us up well for the playoffs. We had a good run of races before the playoffs showed speed, and I think once we got into the playoffs, I, I feel like we brought you know top five winning cars to the track every week, but we just didn't really have the best luck you know at bristol I, f- I feel like our car was good you just couldn't pass we got caught up in incidents um darlington was another one of those where you just couldn't pass um dega started on pole didn't get the luck during strategy and our car wasn't fueled correctly during the pit stop so that kind of uh, took us out of the race for the win and then at uh at texas i think we were running top five and we made a pit call and we just got stalled out by uh, other drivers. But overall, I think it was a really successful opening rookie season, and I can't wait to uh, start next season. Yeah, truthfully, I don't think you can complain about uh, 10th. Were you the top finishing rookie? Uh, I think the top finishing rookie was actually Mitchell, because I think Mitchell got third or fourth in standings. But I think we were second best, so not too bad. Question is, though, can you really call Mitchell a rookie? <laughs> I, that's, I mean, that's a good point. Mitchell's definitely been on iRacing for a long time, obviously racing in the IRX World Championship for a few years and also the Porsche Esports Super Cup. Um, I honestly only started competitive iRacing last year for Road to Pro, so that was kind of my first intro to competitive iRacing. So, I mean, I don't know if I have as much time as him on here, but overall, we were both technically rookies in the series, so... Yep, yep. Well, uh, the thing that uh, actually had me contact you to see if you wanted to come back on is we we covered in the last show that you hopped in and tested a a real-life late model. Yes, uh, I'm super blessed that we were able to put together that opportunity and that test. Um, It was honestly super, super fun. You know, there's actually quite a few things that you can connect to real life from iRacing. Did you find yourself just almost feeling like you're just popping in the same car with everything, with all the elements? Just it. I remember when I did drove at Memphis, it didn't feel that foreign to me at all, even though it was the first time I was in an actual car. Yeah, I I don't think it was super foreign. It was just similar feelings, but a little bit different, you know. So obviously, coming from my karting background, we don't wear seatbelts. Uh, we don't have a 
head neck restraint and it's it's just us in the go-kart so you know being so free flowing in the go-kart to you know uh five point harness hans device you know seat that wraps fully around you that i think that was that was the biggest difference but i think once once i got in the car you know uh brake inputs throttle inputs uh steering inputs you know all of that i think was really refreshing uh to connect with iRacing it was all pretty similar how did you like the uh, field of view once you have that Hans device on and the, the helmet? It was it was really cool. It's it's such a different experience, you know. You have mirrors on either side of you, so you you can look out, uh, see what's going on around behind you. And uh, in go karts, you don't have a mirror. Your eyes are your mirror. You know, if you want to see what's next to you, you got to turn your head. So I think having the Hans device, it's definitely good for safety. Obviously, it's a must. And uh, it was just it was cool, cool to learn, cool to experience. Cool. So what track was that at? We, you live down in Florida, right? Uh, I actually live in Southern California, and that was at Hickory Motor Speedway in North Carolina. Oh, okay. So you, were, you, you got to come all the way across the country then, huh? Mm-hmm. All the way across. That's very neat. I, I, I couldn't identify the track. I don't know the short tracks that well. Uh, but it's a pretty bank, fairly banked one, right? I, I would say it's fairly banked. Um, I don't. I feel like there's a couple more tracks up there that are a bit more banked, but that is one with more banking. And was it only you guys that did the testing? Yes, it was just us. So how many how many laps did you get to turn? Um, I think I got a little ways over a hundred. You know, we were just doing small runs just to get consistency. You know, I think hopping from a go kart and i racing into a car. It's all about getting that consistent feel and that rhythm down. All right. Could you, did you have the set really snug or could you feel the rear end trying to slip away? Um, I, I think the set was balanced. Um, I mean, I think with me just starting out, we want to keep the car as balanced as possible so that I'm not battling a tight car. I'm not battling a loose car, but I can just focus on my driving and getting, um, getting myself to where I need to be. Well, it's very neat to hear. We always like to compare uh, the real life racing to the to the uh, in car racing, and I know you get to get a lot of in- information from Elliot. Did he give you any advice when you jumped in the uh, in the late model? Yeah, um, actually, t- talking with Elliot, he kind of just said to enjoy the experiences. You know, I I haven't talked to him in a little bit, but uh, last time I did talk to him, we had a really good in depth conversation about it all, and he's been a huge help to me. Not only not only with stuff uh, to do with racing, but just as a person, you know, being kind of a mentor to me. So I really appreciate him. I can't deny we're a little envious that you guys get to hang out with him. It's a, it's I, I enjoy getting the opportunity to race on him, wait, race with him for sure when he's on. I know he's been he had he had a uh, travel baseball team that went went deep into the championship this year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's an incredible baseball coach. I know his son Wyatt is incredible at baseball. And, uh, yeah, I'm super happy for their successes and it was cool to kind of watch along and see them progress. So, well, I appreciate you coming on and, uh, we have enjoy rooting for you. Congratulations on the, uh, exciting and or spectacular rookie season you had. And it's, it's good to know that you're going to be able to not have to run the pro series and we'll be right back there next season. Yes, I am super excited that I don't have to run the pro series and, Therefore, with that, I get to uh, help my guys out to try and make it in from the Pro Series. But, uh, yeah, it's been a good offseason. Hopefully, we can keep some momentum going, and uh, it was good talking to you. All right, and you're definitely welcome to drop in on the show anytime you want, man. 
Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. It's always good to hear from Vicente. Uh, he's been on the show before, and we're happy to have him again. And uh, good luck to him in the rally cross uh, and whatnot this season. All right. We're going to jump into uh, events. We got quite a list here today. I'm going to plug the event that I'm participating in tonight. I actually missed it last week because I didn't have the time right, but it's called the Man Cave After Dark Truck Series. And uh, tonight we're heading to Gateway, uh, or it's actually called the Worldwide Technology Raceway for 140 laps of pure truck racing joy. Uh, round one was a lot of fun, and the battle for the win came down to a photo finish. We can't wait to see what's in store for the second race of the season. So if you guys want to join us, uh, search Facebook, the Man Cave After Dark Truck Series. Okay, Tony, how about the next one? Uh, we were talking about this one before the show. Yeah, yeah, this one is, um, well, kind of groundbreaking, I'm going to say. Uh, this is really cool. This is an event for um, the family members of iRacing uh, account holders, and it is open to uh, only 15 years and under. So this is this is for the kids. Um, now, uh, if you all remember talking about this uh, a week or maybe two ago, and this is the fellow that actually approached iRacing to get um, permission to to be able to have the kids come and uh, check it out, which he was, uh, you know, publicly granted. And so here we have it. We have the uh, we have the event, and this uh, event is going to happen on November twenty fourth, starting at uh, seven thirty uh, p.m. Eastern. It is going to be the Global MX Five Cars at the Free Legacy Michigan Track. Now this is definitely going to be broadcasted um you know there's no cost uh they want you to register asap because spots will be limited and um to register send a league application to 3f media league uh number 7677 not sure what that's all about there but uh, make sure to include your family member's name and age in the comments of the league request um, and you can also direct any questions you may have to 3F Media. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can find them on Facebook. Um, yeah, so if you have kids that may be interested, uh, sign them up. This is going to be a really cool and uh, definitely unique event. Yeah, uh, I think the 7677 is a league number that iRacing has a number for everyone, so that's an easy way to find it. But uh, Global MX-5 uh, cars at Michigan, that's a heck of a race there. That's going to be like this huge pack race thing going like five, six wide if they're not careful. Great combination. But yeah. that's what they need is something like this that's, that's going to be fun. The car is slow enough that they shouldn't wreck it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we're going we're gonna to see a lot of fun there. But I, I'm really hoping... Um, this could just kind of, you know, lead to more, you know, really cool and unique things like this. Really excited when the first time I heard about this, and I'm glad they were able to, um, you know, make this a uh, make this a thing and get it get it happen. I know they were getting a lot of, uh, you know, flack just because of you know not having the permission um, type deal, but 
yeah, that's it's gonna happen, and I hope it's great. I'm gonna be watching. Yeah, so on the graphic he's got here, um, chat would be disabled, damage would be off, race would be broadcasted. It'll be a simple race like a Daytona. But uh, yeah, I think uh, Cup at Michigan that'll be good. All right, Greg, we got Gitter Done Racing. Tony should have had this one because it's one of the guys that he races with puts on is putting this series on. So the Gitter Done Racing. Uh, is a new league that's starting up by Pete uh, Coco Puff. Uh, Cop, is it Copco? Um, he's rec- uh, he wants to recruit uh, clean, respectful racers looking for good uh, racing. Um, they're going to be running the Gen 6 co- Cup car on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, drivers must be a minimum of 25 years old and have an I rating under 3,500. Sounds like it'll be a fun racing league. Get her done. So So, no drama, friendly. What are you waiting for? (laughs) Yeah, and uh, Coco, he's he's such a good dude. He's a lot of fun to to be around. And I believe they had their inaugural race just this past Sunday. And uh, the scuttlebutt that I understand is um yeah it was a good race it was that um i don't know what the uh, how many people showed up for it but um the racing was good they, they they had a good race so um good luck to these guys get her done i like that all right i got this one this actually was already come and gone but we like to mention it they had another training session the i racing engineers uh, or they call them vehicle production associates but uh, they hosted up on Twitch. Um, it was Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, how to set up the next gen at Phoenix. And uh, a good chance to try the new track configuration, uh, but with next gen and how to set up uh, that car underneath it. Um, we definitely need some lessons on that going into next year. I'm kind of afraid to even wade into how these cars work, but uh, we got to figure it out. But I was working, so I didn't really have a chance to uh, pay attention to learn anything. Uh, I I think that, like, we figured out, Greg, the recordings are still there, so maybe I'll go back and watch it. Yeah, if you go to the their, uh, their site, they should still be there. Okay, and then uh, next up, Greg, the Logitech G Esports were in the last month that you can qualify. Yeah, so they... Logitech G Sport, uh, GE Sports Twitter page just uh, put up a reminder. Uh, let's go to Daytona International Speedway with the Chevrolet Camaro ZL1 uh, for iRacing. Uh, this is the last month you can qualify for the Logitech uh, McLaren G Challenge. Uh, you have, if you haven't qualified yet, um, let us know in the comments. So it's basically just a reminder to get in there and, and try, uh, try your hand at it. So... I went looking for this, and I didn't do it because it's a Chevrolet Camaro ZL1. I ride a Toyota Camry. I don't own the Chevrolet Camaro, so I cannot participate unless I buy the car. And I'm not going to buy the car to participate. So, you know, my my communication to Logitech is, you know what, you should just open it up to all the cup cars. It's got to be a branding thing, the reason that they did that, just to make sure certain brands had their car in it. Or laziness. Like, 
they only got a release from Chevy, and they were too lazy to go get one from Toyota and Ford. It's Chevy or bust. <laughs> well, if you have the Chevy, why not? I mean, this is time trials, guys, and you can only get to this in the beta UI. But if you open the beta UI and hit time trials, you'll see this and a few other ones. There's about a dozen to pick from. Uh, but it's as easy as that. You just click it and run it a couple laps, and you're done. Kyle, I'm going to throw you this one, the Landon Castle Qualifying Challenge. All right. Um, let's see here. We are proud to announce that the 2021 Landon Castle Qualifying Challenge presented by Blue Emu. Um, haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but uh, that's loud in my ear, though. Um, yeah, I really don't know a whole lot about it. Uh, it's the first time I'm, I'm hearing about it. 16 oh, they have the one versus one, choose your opponent. So they've had this more than one year, I think. I want to say they've had it a few years now, but it's big money. I think it's $25,000. 10K is what it says, Xfinity is cars. 10K? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so it says 10K, Xfinity, all new format for 2021, and it's single lap qualifying, group qualifying, all-star qualifying, with speeding in the pit, 16 driver final, Landon is really excited about this. But they put up a kind of tongue-in-cheek video that starts out saying their video editor is moving, and and then they basically put a video with some text on it. And that's how they re- announced it. This video is awesome. Come on. This is great. Well, it makes you want to watch it to see what the story is, right? I blame Brian for uh, for moving. I wanted a better video. Well, you know, when Landon Castle and Parker Kligerman get together with their eraser.gg, they usually have some pretty neat events. I mean, you look at the firecracker race and, uh, you know, that they have it every year. That's a that's a huge one, you know. Okay, uh, and then I'll take this one, the VCO Pro Sim Series. And this is RG excuse me, RAG Esports announces the return of the VCO Pro Sim Series in the LMP2 in four events with a $25,000 purse. So there's the 25000 I remember. But uh, yeah, what a purse. So it says uh, the best esport racers and the fastest real-world pros. There'll be two 30-minute races on each event. Stay tuned for driver reveal. So I don't know how you get in this. I don't know a lot about it. I saw it on the Twitter. Um, they also posted later in the week uh, a vote. Hey, which circuit will host the season opener? It's your decision. And so round one track vote was either Mid-Ohio, Road Atlanta, or Red Bull Ring. Well, how do you get involved in something like this, Greg? Uh, I don't know. Uh, this would be, if it's the VCO, would it not be by country you have to qualify by country from what they were yeah if i remember correctly this is a um their their you know big event unless they've changed their format for it well i don't know a lot about them so we'll have to check more about that i'm going to definitely try to catch the uh the the broadcast though and see what it's all about looks interesting okay podcast housekeeping notes Tony, tell us what's going on with Aftermath. Oh, boy, oh, boy. We've got <laughs> a bunch of stuff happening, and 
even more stuff happening, you know, in the future. Um, we just announced uh, yesterday on Facebook that we have a producer and producer happens to be here. Kyle, <laughs> thank you Hello. for uh, coming on to help us out, kind of uh, straighten out our, our, our course, I guess. Um, Cause we've been kind of, kind of slacking there the last little while. Need a little help. Understatement. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, what do we got happening now? We are recording this weekend. I don't know what that is going to look like, but, um, you know, going into the future, we are going to have better plans as to what the show is, you know, what, what you're, what you kind of can expect from the show. Um, we've uh, switched podcast hosts, which is going to give us a ton of new options. Um, uh, we won't have any time restrictions anymore. And uh, this also opens up the possibility of, you know, live shows with, um, you know, fan interaction. They can interact live. Um, we'll see how that works out. I'm not going to promise anything in that way, but uh, options are always good. So, you know, that's just a smidgen of the changes that we're doing over at the Aftermath. Um, biggest thing is, is we want to get our uh, quality back up or uh, up. Um, that that's been definitely failing the last little while. So we got to, you know, pick our socks up and, um, you know, Kyle has been pretty instrumental in helping, you know, get these changes going and, and, uh, the direction is, is looking good. So we're happy to have Kyle with us. And I'll, Kyle, take a minute and talk about the discord. I mean, you put together a, a discord that I was like, wow, this guy, this has got some stuff built into it. Uh, yeah, um, actually, I'll go back with where it started with trying to make this Discord. I uh, I didn't know a crap about Discord years ago, and I actually was completely against it. And then I switched over to PC from Xbox and started using Discord more and more. And I learned what all you can do with it. There's It's such a wide variety. So I was able to kind of build this to where there's an area just for all of us that do the podcasting to be in. Um, we can share notes or have our own show notes. And then, uh, of course, there's always a rule section of, of the discords that I set up. Uh, I like to make sure everybody understands the rules. And then you also select your role. So if you want, you know, if, if you want to be a fan, you're a fan. If you're a driver, a streamer, you'll get all kinds of different options to choose from. There's going to be more to choose from here in the future. Um, and then, of course, the ones for us that do the podcast, we've got a totally separate role as podcasters. Uh, there's sections in there talking about your race paint. You can share your race videos and pictures. Uh, if you got a hosted lobby you're putting up, you can, you know, make an announcement in there. Any kind of special events, or if you're running like a, a money race and you want to get a few people in there, you can post it in a separate channel for that. Charity races as well. If you have any new third-party apps that you are interested in sharing, uh, there's a section for that as well. Uh, but the probably the best section of it that I like is there's a recording section and it's where all the fans that are a part of that discord can come in and sit basically among the audience and listen to us live as we record. And then they also have their own little chat section to where they can type out a chat. So that'd be some neat for, you know, the interaction with the fans that I'm really looking forward to utilizing. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, fascinating when I took a look at it and excited for more fan, fan interaction and getting uh, that thing going. So, yeah, check out the aftermath. We're also on the Performance Motorsports Network. Podcast Fantasy League. In a casual setting. Okay, let's talk fantasy. Tony, tell us what you got. 
<laughs> what do I got? I think I got second place, fellas. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> the big old, the big old L on the forehead. Uh, you know what? And it was looking good. It was like, I still would have been in the hunt. I needed Denny to win. Um, that's pretty much what it was at. And, you know, that hack, Alex Bowman. (laughs) (laughs) That chat was funny. (laughs) Well, I tell you, Alex just gained another fan. Uh, I loved how he, you know, totally handled all that. That was great. Um, You know what? Res Dogs really, uh, really put on a show this year. And it was a lot of fun battling them. But I can, I think I can officially concede. I don't think I, I can't catch him. Not even, like, he doesn't even have to put anything in. I think he's, his, uh, um his lead is just too big i think he's pretty much got this one in the bag but it was a lot of fun and i almost had him and we still would have we had a lot more to talk about had denny a one because i think we would have only been about 10 or 15 points apart but um with the way things shook out the uh the, the gap is huge so congratulations to res dog and uh did we oh we did too all right um you know we got uh we got a pretty good you know top 10 um just in time it was there last year and i think he was in the top 10 as well um he's in third smiling ninja um she came in fourth and you know that was good on her because i don't think she was anywhere near the top 10 last year uh cletus 45 is uh six trick dickle is in seventh jedi mcfly snuck into the top 10 right at the end um i mean out of nowhere right right i mean there's Maybe there's still a chance for him to get booted out of the top 10, but um, yeah, it's good on him too. Uh, I'd love to see him up a little closer to the top because it's, it's fun battling Chris. He's, he's good at the trash talking as well. Um, Conklin Speedworks is in ninth and uh, rounding out our top 10 here is uh, racing good years. Um, Greg, you just about made it, man. Just about uh, you and, well, there's Me, three of you. Steve Luau, Tony the Tiger. Yeah, you guys are all just kind of, you know, on your tippy toes looking over the fence at the, all the festivities. You're so close. I think I was in 10th, around 10th to 12th all season. I could never move. Yes, yeah, uh, Stephen Lou Allen, he was a bit of a, a latecomer to the um, Came on to strong. the league. But yeah, I, yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he did, did he? really well. I think he won like two or three weeks and he had like two weeks in a row. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so if he uh, joins us again next year and he comes on from the start, he's going to be a force to reckon with. And um, same with Tony. I think Tony came on uh, a little late too. Um, and he was like down in the twenties for the longest time and then just made a good charge here near the end. So uh, what a, what a great that's so much fun it just is a blast all year the martinsville only results were just in time first mac mac rubbin our own very brian uh, finished second smiling ninja third res dog fourth i race too slow fifth conklin speedworks six and so on but uh yeah i mean res dog finished fourth for the week so yeah i think that seals it see even 10th i finished 10th in the weekly stuff well, I guess uh, you know we'll, we'll be able to talk about this one more time next week after after Phoenix, um, and then uh, yeah, that'll be like another year of fantasy. This is 
Um, no, you know what? I'll save what I got to say till, till next episode. Um, when it, when she's all wrapped up and just give my, you know, give some yearly thoughts on the whole deal. So no, this, this is just what a ton of fun. Yeah. It's fun to talk and at least talk about the NASCAR race a little bit during the show. So I, I love the fantasy. This is our second year. I'm looking forward to year three. Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. Hardware software. Greg, we got Heiskenveld Sim Pedal Sprint Team Redline Edition. So looking at these, um, it's just another version of them, is it not, Mike? Like just another They got red on them, yeah. Yeah, so it's just they're just calling it the red line. I kinda like their uh you know the way that these are presented like they're normal. Is the price much different there, Mike, from, do you remember from the last ones? Well, they're 660 euros for the three pedal set. Um, I don't know what the actual price, the regular price is, but I mean, the, they just have a different look because the springs, you know, have a, they're kind of a red spring uh, that goes with the black pedal, you know, the black and silver. So it's basically maybe something for somebody who wants to get an aesthetic look for their rig of having it a black and white or black and red theme or black or a full black theme or a full red theme type thing. So they are a little bit more money. When I go to the regular sprint, they're five seventy seven. You're paying a lot for that for that red color, I guess. Now if they're called Team Red Line, I mean does Team Red Line get some kind of commission or spiff or something? Definitely one of the better brands of brake pedals though, is it not? Well, popular. I think these popular. are quite popular, yeah. All right, so keep moving. Kyle, we got the Lupe Deck Live. Wow, I completely read that wrong. I was thinking Loud Pedal Deck Live. I was like, okay, that's something about me. Hey, you like it, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Lupe Deck Live offers speed, accuracy, <clears throat> and authority for content creators and live streamers with a limitless vision with instant creation, editing, and streaming at your fingertips. Um, so when I look at this, I kind of look at it as a stream deck. It's stream decks competition. Yeah, but then I couldn't tell like, if the knobs and buttons were kind of like a Go XLR also kind of set up with it. To me, it's a stream deck with a button box integrated. Yeah. See, that's like me. I, I have a stream deck. Well, I actually use my phone for a stream deck, and I use it for like a button box because I'm too poor to buy an actual button box. So this here is actually, like you all were saying, kind of the same alternative. Um, do we know what it is in price comparison to a stream deck? No, this is $269. It's relatively... That's comparable, yeah. Yeah. Depending well, on what stream deck you get. So this one's obviously a bigger screen with a bunch of knobs. So I would guess that it would be the more the the higher end stream deck. Two fifty is the stream deck yeah. Excel. Yeah. So it's about the same price, twenty dollars more. Now this thing here would you know, would this thing be good? So, you know, it's got the buttons there for, you know, playing or things. I don't know. The Stream Deck, you can change the logos and stuff. There's a whole bunch of different things you can do with it. I haven't looked all through this thing, but this thing, does each one of these, like, main buttons configure the outside buttons? Like, can you have, like, say, if you have one scene that has a different thing and then you press all these other things or individual things to trigger in that scene for streamers, or is it just extra buttons? That would be interesting to find out. 
Yeah, that would be. So I wonder if they're kind of like, I guess in a way you would say like folders. You know, you got folder one, two, and all went through seven. That's probably what that is. Yeah, because like you could, you know, you press this one. Okay, I'm going to this camera angle, and then I got all these other buttons, and I want to have this transition or this that thing that you got programmed for it. Yeah. Yeah. Now this isn't really marketed towards a sim racer uh, specifically, but uh, obviously a lot of sim racers stream. So um, I say, why not? I mean, because like, like I said, I basically use a stream deck. It's just the app through my phone. And it actually works out great for even iRacing. Like, I've got everything from my chat volume to my LFE volume to if I'm doing a league race and I've got race command, I've got cautions on there. Uh, I can do my brake bias. I can ignition, starter, all that without having to actually buy a button box for an alternative. This works out great, actually. So this would probably be... The, you know, the same way as itself. You're doing that on an app on your phone? Yeah, it's the Stream Deck app. Cool. Let's keep going, Tony. Uh, gamepad tester and debugger. Now, I was looking at this, and I'm not sure if I really understand what the what this is all about, but it's a... Uh, yeah, it's a tester and a debugger. It displays the current state of your game pads, inputs, joysticks, and anything else that can be reported by the HTML5 gamepad API. Now, I should have threw this to Kyle, because Kyle, I sent you this link when you were rebuilding your Windows uh, to help you get all your stuff set up. So how did you use it? Um, I didn't, I mean, I, I looked at it and, and tried it out. And basically all I did with, with it was just see if it was reading the inputs. It brought up pretty much every single one of my USB uh, items. So like my pedals, my shifter, my handbrake, my flight stick, uh, Xbox controller. It pulled up my wheel, but it it pulled up all the, the inputs, but it had a completely different name than what it actually was. Um, but I just kind of looked to see if it actually re registered the inputs I was doing. Yeah, that's that's all it is. It, it's a tester for inputs to your computer. And so on mine, I have the pedals, the shifter, the wheel, the button box, and then any button I push will actually register real time on this website. And you can see it visually if the button is working or not working or, you know, what is the name of the button, you know, if you're trying to figure that out. Uh, so it can be, you know, it, it is what it is. It's a gamepad tester. Anyway, that's one of my bookmarks I keep. Um, it comes in handy for troubleshooting. Okay, I'll take this one. The Race X Pro chassis sells for 999 euros with the seat, 699 euros without. And, uh, boy, how do I describe this for our audio listeners? I don't know. You know, it, it is a, a tubular uh, chassis. Um, it looks like an M, like the letter M at the bottom, but like stretched out where the, uh, as, as the, it goes up and then where the seat mounts. So the top part of the M is right under the seat and then it goes back down and then back up where the wheel mount uprights go, um, and then back down where the pedals go. And, uh, looks fairly adjustable on the pedal shelf, like some up and down movement. Um, I don't know. 
It's a it's a tubular cockpit. It's pretty cool. I think yeah. it was built more for style than it is for functionality. Now, what's interesting about this is this is actually Sim Labs, second brand. So the Sim Labs has built this other brand called RaceX. So it's racex.store is the website. And it, and you go on this website and you don't know it's Sim Labs, but it is Sim Labs. Is anybody looking at this just as concerned as I feel for those two bars holding the brake area in just when you're putting that kind of pressure all the time and there's like one, like there's nothing underneath it that's supporting it. It's being held by those two points in general. Oh, no. no, no, no. You're not going to have any issues with that whatsoever. They're almost like a... They're a uh, rod, is it not? It's like it's like a full rod. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what the heck are they called? I can't, I can't think of what they're called. Like the closest, it, it's almost like a, an actuator, but not. Um, but yeah, you're not going to have any issue with that. I, like, um, yeah, those things are super strong. Yeah, it looks to be all, at least all aluminum on that bracing there. The it's wheel deck, this, I mean, what about the wheel deck? It's got the same same type of deal there as well kind of holding up that wheel deck but giving you that adjustability to show a csl dd mounted on it just kind of show it's a you know it works with direct direct drive i presume i was surprised to see simlab come out with this and and it, what do you think about them not branding it simlab instead of you know going with a different brand altogether so somebody that doesn't like a sim lab but uh, doesn't know that this is part of sim labs it's easier to get a different audience well i think they're just going after a market that doesn't care for the um aluminum extrusion like the 8020 style rigs um there is a big market for it um like track racer the you know my rigs a um is the 8020 style but they've also got the tr80 which is a tubular design similar to this um and it's a you know it's it's a pretty popular model um so people just they they like this they like this tubular design or they just want something simple they don't want to have to put together five million pieces like i did you know they just want to buy it and put the seat on it and race it well, that could very well be too. I never actually thought of that, but you might be onto something, Mike. Yeah, because you know, getting the eighty twenty style rig is—I think people forget about the building it part. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, I want one of those, but you have to put it together. Uh, it, it, you know, I wouldn't say it was hard, but I wouldn't say time it's consuming. Easy yeah, very oh, time no. consuming. Yeah, very time consuming, and you got to make sure everything lines up and it's all even, and you know, it's. Um, I don't know. I get like almost the cusp of like a passion project. Like you got to kind of be into doing it. Uh, Cause yeah, it's, it's, it's heavily involved and um, yeah, you might do it in a day. I took, it took me a couple of days to get it together. Now I will say as a disclaimer for this, it is temporarily out of stock. Now I'm now this story. The next one is a piggyback because it's the same company. We have SimLab has upgraded their product pages with product highlights, including the new WS Pro wheel stand. And this is, as it's described, a wheel stand. Uh, it has a optional bolt-on uh, seat 
holder that you can mount to it optionally to have a seat hooked to it. And uh, yeah, this is their answer to that play seat, you know, wheel stand, I guess. Now, Next what's level. interesting is it's under the SimLab brand this time and not the Race X. Well, it's, it, it looks like they're competing, like with like you said, with PlaySeat, and then there's Next Level has their own uh, stowaway. Like, they're, you know, these are compact, put-away ones where you can, you know, this doesn't just target sim racers. It can target console racers, too, right, that, live, that race in their living room for PlayStation and Xbox and things like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it resembles my Next Level rig that I've got pretty close. So they're just trying to get uh, uh, every kind of rig, it looks like, uh, up for sale anyway. So why not? Well, they have this other one here, which is like, is it? It's just like the the stand, like just the stand part without the uh, the seat too, which is like, is that like the uh, TV table that you can have type thing? Just pull it up to the the table, you know. You're in the living room. You just set this down in front of the couch. Hey, you're good to go. Well, I mean, SimLab has been a a great brand and a great product that they, they have, especially the one I bought. I love it. I mean, and uh, it's neat to see that, you know, they're a trusted brand that they're, they're building other products and, and they have a wide variety now to choose from. Okay. Tony grows. This one's called the rigid. Yeah. They could have called it the tank. <laughs> That's a good idea. I like the rigid is very telling though. Oh, yeah, 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 because that's exactly what this is. It's, um, you know, the aluminum extrusion, the 80-20 style um, on steroids. I don't really see. Yeah, yeah. Like, I I don't really see anything fancy or, you know, um, you know, it's not breaking any molds. um, But it will handle anything and everything you throw at it, possibly including a tank. Um, one disclaimer here also forklift not included. <laughs> right, I was so trying to break figure, the floor. I was trying to, to figure out how they mounted the wheel and the pedal stuff, but I guess they're just basically this, and then you got to add the stuff to the way you want to mount it. But they do have a, it looks like they have a direct drive mounted part uh, on the website here. It looks like it's for a direct drive because it's on the outside of them. So, as Side mount. yeah, so as someone who's yeah complete idiot to 80 20 rigs so there across right above the the pedal platform that's when there's enough room there to really get your legs in there comfortably am i wrong no you're not wrong i wonder if the picture is not doing it justice though what the gap is there it's got to be there's that's got to be one of the first things you know when you put this thing together you you would know when you're if tall people or short people their legs going to hit there Okay, so for our audio listeners, I'm going to try to. I went to the website and it's mcdsvrexperience.com is the name of it. And you'll see the rigid and uh, the bottom of bottom frame portion, I would guess is 800 by 800, like huge square piece of steel. And then some of the other crossbars and stuff of the frame are probably 800 by 200. And what's really unique is the corner brackets that go, that are two slots across. So there's massive corner brackets that, you know, that are at a 90 degree angle, but not across one T slot, but two, I mean, they're massive. 
And I don't really see, like Greg said, how the wheel mounts. Uh, that can't be a side mount because you got the metal right behind it. Well, another thing here, it says $999 as shown above delivered without pedal plates. So you don't even get that. They show a pedal plate in that picture, but they don't offer it with it. No, they'll send you an undrilled 3 8 inch aluminum pedal plate with hinges for 149 bucks. That's wow. So you got to drill your own holes to mount oh pedals? Oh my God. That's pretty expensive. <laughs> I I was like, hey, this thing's pretty damn cool. And then I read that. I'm like, well, that's stupid. Unless I'm misinterpreting that. But undrilled, I would imagine that's you got to drill your own. I just don't, you know, the the purpose of the, the oversized aluminum, I guess, is where I, my problem is with this. After building the, the Sim Labs P1X, it seemed just how rock solid it is. I mean, this thing doesn't move at all. I think anything more than that is overkill, and this is certainly that. But if you want overkill, boy, this is it. I mean, look at the uprights for the the wheel mount okay so you got the normal you know every rig has those uprights and you could you know which slot are you going to pick of the base to put them in the the inside or the outside i mean you got two slots to pick from because this thing is so massive i, I it's just way overkill all right well i beat that dead horse enough greg this one is called the smartphone mirror those dang backseat drivers. No, um, I've always wondered if this was going to be something that was possible. So uh, I'm just trying to see who's the person that posted. It was from boostedmedia.net. Um, they posted on how to uh, use your smartphone as a rear view mirror. Um, and this is obviously... What it's showing here some required software for it. No, it's, it's well, what here. they're doing, Greg, is they're doing a simple OBS capture of the the virtual mirror. Yeah, so the top middle and then putting it onto this phone via some app. Yeah, so it's not really what it it's basically just screen capturing kind of like what I do for this podcast. It's not um right. it's not an actual mirror like i think that would be i don't know any of you guys that run triples do you think having an external mirror would be better than having one on the screen um for iRacing i don't know um i mean granted i use the i don't use the actual in-car mirror i use the artificial one and i mean it does just fine for me Uh, i just looked into this and i will say for any iOS user, I'm sorry, but we're out of luck on this one. That'll oh, it's an Android. It's Android. Yep, the best one to be. That's where all the cool people hang out. <laughs> now, when I first saw this, I was definitely interested. I'm like, "Ooh, this looks cool!" And I watched the video and everything. And <clears throat> my problem with it is, it's just duplicating what's already on your screen. So you're screenshotting basically or video shotting that virtual mirror up above and you're just putting it on the, the phone. That's the, that's what it does. Now, if there was a way to put it on the phone and not show the virtual mirror on the screen, on your normal screen, then we're onto something. Then we're onto something. 
when I would love to have a separate little screen for a mirror if I could get rid of the one on, on my regular screen. But in this case, you're just duplicating it. So the guy from Boosted Media, you know, was talking about, you know, is this really cool or not? And he said, you know, there's some aesthetics to having it on a separate screen that sticks out, you know, an inch up, you know, from your center one. And it gives a little depth perception and maybe adds to the realism a little bit. That's basically his take. Now, the only other problem is is doing this type of thing, too. So anybody that's got a weaker system, it's taking up resources to try and create this, too, right? So you're, you obviously can't stream if you're already using OBS to put something on a phone. So you're not going to be streaming with OBS. So it's not for any streamers to use. Um, it, it's a limited, uh, or probably a limited audience for this. Yeah, and he just used like a, a cell phone holder and he kind of just stuck it out from the top of his center monitor and just had it, you know, his cell phone just kind of hanging there above the monitor. And that's how they did it. And anyway, if you want to try it, it's, uh, you have to try that Android app to, to basically mirror it. And, it. and it was, you know, people were worried about the delay or is there any lag? And uh, during his testing, he, he determined there wasn't. I mean, it was, an, it was real time enough to... Uh, consider it real time. If you watch the video, you can see a bit of a delay. Okay, Kyle, next one is a GPU alternative. Uh, yeah, so it looks like here, if you were having trouble, which I'm sure most everybody is, unless you're Greg over here, finding a GPU, yeah, yeah rub it in, rub it in. Uh, Linus Tech here uh, has a YouTube video that, uh, basically stating that you know, is it worth it to buy a junk computer in order to find you a hard to find newer GPU? Um, so I'm going to be checking this out because I'd like to have an upgrade. And if this is what it takes, then by golly, I'm going to find me a junk computer. The problem is the junk computers aren't, they're not putting they're the, old. Cra- the cards. In yeah. them. They're not putting in it. They're not putting good graphics cards at junk computers. Yeah. That's what, that was my option. Like, I mean, and we'll probably talk about it at some point here near the end, but you know, when I was going in to look for it, I was looking for a pre-built because that was probably the only option to get a graphics card. Yeah, so that's what this video is about. He's basically saying the you can't just buy one of these graphics cards. They're not available. So the way to get them is buy one in a pre-built computer. So you're buying the whole computer. And basically, the, he's saying that gamers are doing this as a strategy. And then they literally throw away the... the the computer just take the card out of it and then build their own build. Now, Linus Tech Tips takeaway of the on this video was, hey, you know the computers they're putting in aren't that bad. You know if you update the power supply and maybe put a better cooler on, that's all you need to do. Everything else is still good. So he his takeaway is don't buy the throwaway computer just to get the card and throw away the computer, keep the computer, and then just swap out a few key components. And so, Greg, I, I think now's the time, as good a time as any. So let's talk about you. You decided this weekend that you needed a new build. You need a new computer. So tell us how you were able to get a card without buying a, a pre-built. Well, what, I was kind of just like I, I had eyed my um, – I had an – I went to a, or I don't know what's the equivalent in the States. We have, it's called Canada computers here. So I don't know. It's like a micro computers or something in the States for you guys would be the equivalent for it. 
but uh, yeah, something like that. Um, basically, I went in there and I was talking to the, one of the salespeople there. They were just, he, I was like, Can I, do you guys have this in stock? And it was a, it was a pre-built that had a 3070 or a 3080 card in it. And he goes, have you thought about building your own? And I said, well, I would, but it's just so hard to find GPUs right now. He goes, well, um, we have uh, one 3080 Ti in stock in the back. If you uh, if you're looking for one, if you want to go to the build. So I said, okay, well, I'm pretty ignorant when it comes to building my own computer. So you know, he helped me through the whole process. I, I probably was there for 45 minutes, and he he showed me options of what to go with. Uh, you know, where do I want to save some money? Where do I want to you know make sure what what is what is my intention? And my intention was to I run VR, so I wanted to run it really crisp and have it running really well and not, uh, you know, I'm running a 1070 card right now on my old system. And VR for me, sometimes, depending on the tracks, you know, I could be down to 30 frames, thirty between 30 and 40 frames a second. And sometimes it sucks to race that way. and It's not fun for the eyes. It doesn't help the eyes. Um, but so I decided to go in and and purchase it so i did a whole brand new build so the one i rate used to race on is now my i'm gonna use it as a streaming computer and uh my video editing computer but the i've completely built a whole brand new system uh with a with a 30 3080 ti um under the ryzen 7 series uh processor the uh 50 5800x um chip set um I've uh, liquid cooled it as well, and uh, yeah, it's it's not it's not a top of the line one. I've spent some good money on it, but it's what I what I wanted to to race for sustained time, or you know, I can race it and not have to worry about it um, on the highest settings. I hope I haven't got to uh, fully test anything out yet, but I'm hoping it can be fully maxed out. You, you didn't overpay for the card either. Um, you didn't get scalped. No, and well, that's the thing. Like when you're going to a, like if you're trying to buy it online, you're going to get fleeced, right? Like you're buying it from somebody that probably used a bot to get a whole bunch of them and then tries to resell them. You're going to get fleeced. The stores, you know, they'll have, uh, they'll have them around, you know, where they should be price wise for depending on the brand. Yeah, so I just looked up that card. It's around nineteen hundred US from a reputable source. Ooh. Yeah, so it's so the same card that it was nineteen hundred dollars Canadian. So that's either yours is overpriced in the states or something. So that's what. So you got a good deal on it. That's a good price. Yeah. So it was. It was. It was good to to get this. It was. I'm not really great at building these computers. My dad has always built my computers, so I went over to his house twice this week to work on it. He, uh, I called him on. I think uh, I think it was yesterday after I was done work, and he I, he goes. I asked him, "What what are you doing?" He goes, "Oh, I'm just working on a patient here," and uh, he had pretty much finished up building it. And when I got over there, we had everything running, and and then I started doing the. Uh, wire management and uh the way i wanted it and then i got home late later last night with it did some playing around um loaded i racing i haven't got a vr and stuff loaded yet but that's uh, after the podcast tonight exciting um i want to talk about 
Kyle, I, I think your heart may have stopped when we told you how much that card stopped. I mean, yeah. so let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, to do a computer build to, to these days, do you have to spend $1,900 on a card? I mean, I think the most expensive card I have, the one I currently have, was $700. And so, Greg, I mean, you could have probably found a card that's around $700, but why did you go with this one and spend almost, you know, $1,900? Just the way that I think for me too, I I don't know if the market's going to correct itself anytime soon here either. Like the hardest part is right now is projecting. You know, is these chipsets going to be available, or are they going to keep this demand the way it is? Uh, you know, to feed this price tag, and I just don't I don't know because everything it seems to be hard to get anything electronic right now with that's uh, either produced in China or. Um, just in general to get all these things built. And I didn't want to have to, cause I, I, that's what I was doing before. I was just replacing graphics cards and memory and stuff like that it, to try and try and get the system better when I was adding stuff to it. And it's like, you know, I have money and it's not a huge thing. And I was like, you know, I might as well just take the bullet, spend it now and I won't have to touch it for a couple of years and hopefully enjoy it. And, and the one thing that I was really worried about too, and, and I'm thinking down the road is, iRacing's got that big update for the the rain coming at some point, and the resources that that's going to take might completely put you know my road racing side out of it in the rain or whatever in VR. It might just make it either unrealistic to race it or just not fun to do it. I just love the idea that you can that you're really future proofing your computer for years to come. I mean when you buy a car to this stature and the other part is like, let's go into the graphics and let's turn on everything. Let's check Mark everything. Let's turn everything to high and all bells and whistles as high as you can do them. Why not? Yeah. And, and that's, you know, sometimes, it, you know, it'll be good. Then I can use this other computer and I can use it as my, like a capture card or a, a streaming computer. And I don't have to use the resources on the other computer while I'm racing to stream i can stream my you know my racing through the other computer so, cool. so while we're on the, the topic of this and graphics cards uh i kind of want to go a little off topic while staying on topic at the same time has anyone noticed with the new phoenix release that the graphics uh if you you know you got your graphics meter at the top uh that it's actually reduced the frame rate a little bit and you have to adjust your settings because um, I know, like, mine's been running, I had it constant at 60, then I was able to bump it up to about 120, and then all of a sudden, Phoenix came out, and I raced Phoenix, and I was getting, like, 30, 40, 50 until I had to go through and change it. I think it it's so track-dependent on how well they re refine the track, because I used to have that problem. Like, I could run a track like Road America, um, Le Mans, uh, any of these detailed tracks and then they released uh catalina um the one time and that went from i i was running 40 50 uh frames per second in vr and then i could i went in a race and it was choppy and i was running like 25 frames per second at the same graphic setting so i think some of it just depends on what the track is um using resource wise yeah i haven't noticed any frame loss at phoenix and you and mike you you run a 1080 Ti, do you not? No, no. Uh, 
2070 Super. Oh, you have a Super now. Okay. So That's that one, you, probably could, you could probably have that pretty full on graphics-wise, can you not? I have almost everything turned on. I have some stuff turned off, but not much. But I, I, you know, my frame rate is 30 to 60, basically. Well, and I think I, I mentioned to you, too, my other option that I'm planning down the road, like now that I have the computer down, is I at some point want to turn my rig into a triple monitor system as well where I can have two app INI files where I have one for VR racing. And if I'm tired of VR racing and I want to run with the monitors, I just race with the monitors. Yeah. We, and we, did we, there was software we, we found once that where you could switch those out easily. And then I mentioned Greg with your new build, you should try the iRacers assistant software for startup where you, it fires up all your different uh, third party stuff all at once. Well, and see, this is the other nice thing about me having a separate system for just racing. Now, I'm only going to have the icons and things that I use for for racing on it. It's going to be strictly that, and um, anything else is going to be through this other computer. Like I, right now, I'm running the podcast off of my studio. I call it my. I'm going to call it my studio uh, CPU, and then I have the other one is my racing one. Well, I certainly liked your pictures. Um, the cooling looks awesome. Uh, I was hoping you were going to go with water cooling uh, for that card. Well, I like that um, I have the nice black case with the glass side, and, and then I have this, you know, the white cooling system. It, it looks kind of just throws it off. It, it makes the dark look really lit up a little bit more with the white inside. Yeah, it's got a nice look to it. So, yeah, well done. Um, little jealous i don't need a computer um that knock on wood for a long time i hope yeah, i've been there done that but i didn't spend 1900 on a car damn trust me i didn't plan on doing it but you know i just the more i've been racing recently and running you know the lower frame i'm not you know tony you're in vr i don't know what do you run frame frame wise in your racing um, you know? I've had to turn settings down. Yeah, I'm like uh, 80. Okay, so you see, I've never raced VR since I've purchased the VR in anything higher than probably 50 frames. Oh, yeah, I so. just turn stuff down. Like, I don't, there's stuff that I just don't need. I don't care. I don't see it, so I don't need it. But I'm only running a 1070 Ti. Yeah, so yours is just a bit above mine. I just have a normal 1070. Yeah, I noticed. but I go ahead. I say like uh, smaller, like uh, certain tracks does mess me up, so I just got to turn down the amount of cars on that I see on track. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's just like I just replaced like my my motherboard CPU and all that stuff. I gave that an upgrade just last year, but um, the video card was out of my reach, and it will be out of my reach. It still does okay iRacing trips it up a little bit. Uh, nothing else that I do with the computer, though. Even yeah, it, it's fine, so I don't see a, an upgraded video card. I, I can wait out this uh, chip shortage. One of the things that I'm kind of interested in, and I don't know about you uh, thinking about this, uh, Kyle, I'm interested to play Grand Theft Auto with this card fully on my computer with everything and, and some of the mods and stuff. Yeah, because when you play in these custom servers like I do, uh, they use a lot of resources. So a, a better card will do you a lot better. 
watching David Hall's stream at Phoenix, I realized he has a lot of stuff turned off too. I don't know what card he has, but um, he had like the, the grandstands turned off. And so you couldn't even see the green cactus or the new grandstands or anything in David's stream. And I was, it looked a little odd. Well, and that's that's the one thing that I did. I did kind of funny as, as soon as the pandemic hit. I turned the crowds off just as a joke because nobody was going to the tracks anyway. So why why have fans for us? Um, but I I can't turn those back on. I've had to some of the like like Kyle was saying some of the things that have been updated. I've had to take away. I think some detail in the pits. Sometimes some tracks I even have to turn off my pit crew just because how jumpy it can be. Yeah, so it'll be nice for you to be able to turn everything on and to see what's different. It'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that I have everything set up for tomorrow night to test it at Phoenix. So uh, it'll be ready for the big race for Monday. Let's talk NASCAR iRacing Series and wrap up Martinsville Friday Open. Guess what? I was wrecked out. I actually got cleaned out from behind on lap 20, and I mean cleaned out. I think I showed you guys the video and the thread, but uh, 10 minutes optional. Uh, I rolled around for about 50 laps, you know, thinking I'm going to finish the race, uh, and it blew up. Oh, kind of bad that, you know, I wasted that time you know, 50 laps rolling around just for it to blow up. Uh, Kyle, your race was about the same and you got mad and left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I said I was going to do just a one and done on Wednesday's uh, NIS race. And I was like, you know what? I'll give it another chance. And I did. And I regretted every second of it. It just it was just a complete crap show. That's all it was. You left before you were done, done, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I maybe got thirty minutes of racing in, and if you really did it, maybe fifteen. Like four lap forty or something. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't long at all. David Hall, P twenty four, third restart. Guy in front of him wrecks out on the turn before the start finish line. I evade but get passing under yellow end up five laps down on a BS call. This is why I don't feel guilty about how I got the win at Kansas. Now, I was telling David when this happened, he would have been better off wrecking the guy than evading him and getting the passing under yellow because the evading him actually was, you know, put him down five laps. I mean, you know, he would have been better off just wrecking the guy and, and dealing with the damaged car. But I don't know. It's, sec it's not, you know, second nature to to wreck on purpose to avoid a, you know, a black fly. All right, Sunday open, David P16. Ended up with 17X after running clean and in the top 10 near the end, a driver just completely dive bombs all the way onto the grass and takes me out. Working my way back up, another driver turns across my nose on the straightaway and says that I turned into him. What a fool. This end of the season has sucked ass Tom Dryling now this is so refreshing that somebody has a good race out of Martinsville and guess what Tom wins P1 he said wow started six just got a bad lap 
On lap two, a car in front of me spins and I get collected. Took it to the pits to repair the damage. Worked myself back and forth through the field several times. Restarted second on the final restart with five to go. I didn't think I had enough time to get into a groove. I took the lead with two to go. First win of the year in NIS. Feels good. It's been a rough year. And Tom also got his uh, tracking on his new DD uh, wheel. I was going to say, that's got to be... Um, everyone on the team's got to have a win this year now, don't they? Well, Brian doesn't. Brian hasn't raced a lot of official, though. And there's a few of us that don't. But most of us have a win. And then I did not run fixed. Um, it was Halloween, and we did Halloween stuff. Now, I did post a nice Spider-Man costume uh, video in my new red, blue, and black uh, cockpit that was very uh, popular on the TikTok. So check that out. All right, Phoenix, let's talk Phoenix. Kyle, uh, we'll start with you, lagged out. Yeah, it was uh, unfortunate. Actually, before we even took the green, we were on pace lap and we were coming down the old front stretch and all of a sudden I lagged out uh, for about 15 seconds and I just happened to come back. I was actually ahead of the field when I came back. So I just kind of slowed down before we got into the turn four there for the green. Luckily I was able to, no issues there. And I ran fine for that. I uh, got caught up in a wreck and just, I couldn't recover after that. And then finally it just got to the point that it actually lagged me out. I, you know, I disappeared for however long. And I knew then after about 15, 20 seconds, I wasn't coming back. And I was just like, the heck with it. Yeah, you dropped from the server. Now you said you you got like the best networking equipment, you know, and so that can be frustrating, huh? Yeah, I I literally had you know when I first started out, I had a decent internet, like I didn't have any issues, and then I upgraded to the higher package just to make sure I didn't have issues in the future. And ever since I've done that, I've had issues, so I gotta get a hold of my provider. All right, uh, David, he said, "P oops, lack of attention span." I took myself out under caution. Lucky no one else collected. Now, he, the real story is he put himself into the barrels at the end of pit, at the beginning of pit road. So you know how people fake getting on the pit road at Phoenix. Uh, you have to be freaking careful because if you're not paying attention and they fake, and you're not ready for it, you'll end up in those barrels, and that's guaranteed what happened to David. He was. I think embarrassed and quickly left the server. All right, and then I ran and I got wrecked out with about 50 to go. Man, I, I told you guys I've been chewing on this today uh, because I felt like I screwed myself on this. You know, I had gone to the back three times. I had actually spun once and twice I missed my pit. Now what happened was uh, short, shortly after the race started, sim racing apps stopped working. I don't know why. Um, and it's been rock solid. I've never had a problem with it, but it just wouldn't work. And that, and that's the one that provides me that countdown to pit road, where it says five, four, three. And so coming onto pit road under caution, I don't know what I'm thinking. You know, I knew that it was broken because I missed it once. And then I pit again and I, 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 it just, you know, I went out of my mind. I don't know, but I just drove right past my pit box. I was waiting for that audio call and I just think you know we race so often and I use that so religiously 
that it's just second nature, you know, to wait for that hit, you know, to hear the five, four, three, two, one. And when I don't hear it, I don't pull into the pit box, you know, and it, it's just a bad habit. I probably need to break, but uh, anyway, I digress. I was the only car who came up through the field three different times. I would be like 21st and I would get up to like fourth and then something would happen. And then I would be like 25th and then work my way up to fifth. And I think I was running fourth uh, the third time I came up through there um, near the end of the race and I did bobble just a hair. I mean, not even anything. And the guy was just ran right over me. And uh, he did send me a note after the race and and gave me an apology and that was nice but uh, still you know I don't blame him I should have been up front and I should not have made those mental errors and and uh, perhaps if I had kept that track position I wouldn't have been ran over so uh, Greg I mean you were telling me uh, again it always comes down to track position quick question for you real quick Mike do you use the sim racing apps do their maps do you use them I don't use the map, no, but I use several different things. I the, have gauges. And- the track map that they offer has a uh, pit stall locator built into it. And so if that happens to where you lose audio for it, you can at least refer to that for where your pit stall is. Not a bad idea to have on screen in the corner somewhere. So I skipped uh, today uh, the running because it is a uh, full, list, uh, full distance race. And uh, Tony ran, he didn't put his result here, but he did get wrecked out on lap 30. Uh, it was just one of those deals where they wrecked down low and then they came back up and he couldn't miss it. All right, let's move on to official. Believe it or not, I jumped into an official Mazda Cup at Oran Park and loved it, guys. I was having fun. I qualified P3, finished P2. Now. What I noticed was as we took the green, you know, which was a standing start, I had a really good start and I'm, I'm coming into the turn one. And the guy, there's a guy coming off pit road ahead of us. So what happened was the guy uh, missed the start or whatever and started on pit road. And they let him go before the field pit or his pit box is ahead of the field, I don't know. But he actually came off like going into turn one like in second place so i racing you have something broken very broken at orange park so when i ran the second race i told everybody verbally hey don't start on pit road because there's something broke and nobody did on the second attempt and i qualified fourth and finished second again very happy with that so i tried again Third attempt, I qualified uh, seventh and finished third. And so uh, never finishing out of the top three, I had a blast with the Mazda Cup car at Oran Park. Love that track. David Hall, PDS Euro Sprint, P1. His first run at Daytona this week and he gets the victory. Let's talk uh, league racing. Uh, The Fast Track Sim Racing League is coming to an end. Monday night, David, P7. Greg, P1. Well done. And you called it. You said you were going to win it. I had no choice, didn't I? I, (laughs) There wasn't enough people in the race to point my way into the the championship four uh, with, you know, 
I think we only had, what, 17 people start the race. Um, no, uh, and we, I, you were asked about track position there um, at Phoenix there, Mike. Martinsville was about that too, is getting the track position. And I started second behind our teammate, Joe Owen, who had a great run the whole race. He was up front, even when he got in an accident, he ended up coming back through the field and got back to the front. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was a great race. Um, between Joe and I, we led 137, or sorry, 237 of the 254 laps because of the green-white checkered. And, um, you know, I'll take the win, move on to the championship race on Monday night and uh, see if I can bring it home for the uh, Team Fosi here. And, uh, and since Bobby came on as my sponsor for Sim Raps there, um, I've been on a pretty good roll in this, in this series. Um, I have four wins since he came on as a sponsor for me. And uh, I have a win in every round of the playoffs so far. And I won just before the playoffs to get in. Um, so I'm thankful that he's uh, on the car and um, definitely try and win the championship for him next week. Yeah, I think it's cool that you're able to, to run for the championship in this league. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I wish we had a little more driver, a few more drivers in some of these late uh, season races. But uh, Jeff Marble's working on that. He pledged to really do some recruiting before we get back to Daytona next year. What well, a nice win! Uh, you and Joe were the class of the field. It was clear. Well, and that's all on Joe's Joe's setup. There was the reason that we had anything there, and I always know. There's a couple tracks I know that Joe runs the same way I do, and I kind of popped in a set that he said he was working with because I had gone out in the practice, and if you notice, I didn't have any results from last week too as well at Martinsville, and you said to me, because I, I avoided Martinsville last week just because I wanted, I was kind of burnt out. That was one of the other reasons why I built a PC, another PC. I wanted, I, I, I kind of did it for myself for, you know, a motivational part too. I was burnt out. I wanted to take Martinsville off for a week and uh, I just I didn't turn my PC on from the Monday night to Monday night um, for racing and you know I guess it worked out getting some practice and I saw that Joe was a little bit faster than what I was running so I you know he he offered the set tried it did a couple modifications to for me and we were off to the races yeah and then David and I ran our set we've been running all week and did a different direction than you guys. And that was probably a mistake because we weren't as fast as you guys for sure. Uh, my race, I, re I actually ended up P5 and I'm pretty damn proud of that because I ran near the back <laughs> for quite a while. And I was out to lunch for a while too. Um, I mean, I was just struggling. But I got my head on straight on that final run I, and, and finally we found my line, I guess you would call it again and made some really good moves on, the, on that final run and just got it back up to P5. So after running like crap and, you know, run, being 17th, 18th, you know, most of the race to finish P5, you know, real happy with that. Good to see Greg and Joe running so well as well. Okay, let's keep going. Saturday, the Sim 500 Esports Racing League Throwback Arca Series. It was the Arca car at Texas Legacy. I started P15, I finished P12. No cautions. 
I short pitted halfway about four laps early than everyone else, but it didn't pay off. Chris Scales uh, ran with me and he got P14. Now he uh, didn't pit until it was empty, so he got to lead some laps, but because the caution never came, it didn't work out very well for him as well. And so uh, there weren't a lot of cars, I wanna say 17 or 18, so we finished uh, 12th and 14th, so not a great showing. But our first time in this league, uh, the Sim 500 guys uh, are fun to race with. Uh, a good group and it was fairly clean racing. So that's Saturday night, guys. If you want something to run Saturday, come run with me and Chris. Okay, next is hosted. I ran a bunch of stuff. Caddies, uh, Cadillacs at Talladega, which is a great combo, but I wrecked on lap one, darn, darn it. Then I tried the Dirt 460 at USA. I still suck at dirt. Uh, trying to learn the wing still, uh, what to do with the wing now that I have my button box to move it. Next up was the 87 uh, car at Talladega. And man, I haven't been in an 87 car in a long time. And usually because I usually get clean air and a restrictor plate on that car and it turns around on me and I get embarrassed. But I didn't have that problem during this race and I felt a lot more comfortable. So I might start running that a little bit more. Then old IndyCar Michigan P7 for uh, uh, after starting dead last in a full field. Uh, that was a blast. I have a, had a lot of fun with that. And then the Falcon at Michigan uh, P3 after starting from the back uh, in the famous Chris McGuire hosted sessions. And Kyle, you were asking me how to find those races. They're usually yeah. late night, um, Friday, Saturday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, typically, uh, maybe 8 p.m. Eastern on. Okay, I can find those then. They're a blast, great combos. Let's move on to the OBRL Aftermath Truck Series. It was Eddie Jones. He wins the iRacers Lounge Aftermath Podcast NASCAR Truck Series at Phoenix. Steve Thompson in second, Dwayne MacArthur in third. Soon you're going to start singing my name up there. I uh, just joined the league this week. I'm going to be starting next week with it, even though they're coming down at the end of the season for the ARCA and the truck series. Nice. And let's talk iRacing iRock Challenge Series Season 4. All right, guys. Season 4 is basically a go. Starting tonight, uh, actually, I should be in there right now and practicing. We are having our kickoff clash at Daytona and the next gen cars. Um, it's going to kind of just be a preview for what the season's going to hold for the 27 race season. So if you are live listening right now, be sure to check us out on PTM Racing on Facebook. Uh, if you can't make the live, it's okay. They actually will take and put the races on YouTube as well under the same name. So you can check them out there. Uh, they hold on to them for a day or two on their Facebook as well, if I'm not mistaken. So anywhere you're at, you can find it. Uh, be sure to check it out. Uh, I'm curious to see how these next-gen cars are going to do. I really am. All right. Let's jump to final thoughts. Greg Hectus. Um, I'm excited for uh, our race Monday night. I don't know what to expect. Um it seemed to be faster at all the tracks that incorporate the brake pedal on the stock cars. If you look at my wins this season, they've all come on tracks that aren't full out throttle fests. So we'll see how this goes. Um, 
I kind of really anxious to race tomorrow afternoon to get something under my belt before I do the Phoenix race with the new <laughs> setup. Kind of a little bit of anxiety about racing the first long race on the setup beforehand. So I'm hoping I can get home and get something, even a road race or something in just to try it out before I get into racing tomorrow night. But uh, uh, just uh, can't wait to uh, see how this new system performs. Eye candy on will be the fun part. All right, Kyle Pendigraph, final thought. Um, so they always say that when you're on a streak, it's going to come to an end. Uh, I was on a really hot streak there for a while, gaining almost about 500 I rating in a matter of three or four weeks, I guess it was. And just like that, in two weeks, I've lost most of it, and I'm hanging on to the 2000s by eight points right now. So I'm going to try to focus on getting that back up, uh, back to near the 2500 again. You're not the only one. I mean, the you know Martinsville, uh, the week before that, and Phoenix. I've not finished a race, and so that's three weeks going on, and my I rating. Uh, I've lost an even 500 in, in three weeks. So it's, it's a sickening feeling. It really is to work that hard and then to lose it. Exactly. And, and I don't feel like I was the cause of the loss. You know, you're getting caught up in stuff. It's bad luck, you know, that kind of thing. So it is frustrating. It's a lack of respect. I tell you. All right. Uh, my final thoughts, man, I'm enjoying the cockpit. I love the fact it's on wheels. I, I can't stress that enough, how awesome it is that it's self-contained. That I'm, like, every time I race it, I literally put it in a different part of the room. I don't know why I do that, but I do. I guess because I can. But the fact that, you know, my wife says, hey, it's time to clean, and I can bring the vacuum in here and vacuum the, the tile and, and, and literally clean the room where I never could before, it, it's really refreshing for her and for me to to you know impress her that you know, i'm keeping my space clean but uh loving the cockpit it's working like a charm i i don't have any changes that i would have done differently or anything like that i do want to add a butt kicker uh, but that'll be next year you know that'll be something in the future i'm still trying to pay this off and replenish my savings accounts uh, after this extreme build i i still haven't sat down to figure out how much it costs me but I don't think I ever will because I'm just kind of afraid of that number. But I, you know, money wasn't the, the the object there. It was getting everything I need to make it right, and I love it. So, with that, hey, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the Odd Racers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.